good day. Hope you guys are doing well. Second hour underway. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Callender. Been a pleasure. Appreciate Ryan. Appreciate the state treasurer. If you want to get in on the conversation, give us a call here at News Talk 1110-993-WBT at 704-570-1110. 704-570-1110. And Ryan will get you right through to me, and you can talk about whatever's on your brain or something that you heard about here on this illustrious show with this phenomenal guest host. And sometimes I get to guest host as well. So thank you for being a part of it. And I, I want to get – so we live in a remarkable time of access to information. Now you can use it for good. or in, in other words, if you are struck and you live your life around confirmation bias, someone says something that you disagree with, and then you can go online and do a search for just the opposite and find somebody that's written something somewhere about it that gives you justification to then tear into them. You're wrong. Here's why. Because so-and-so in 1978 said this, and it was documented and it's later been updated. So you can do those kind of things. I don't know that it makes it better. The problem with that is there's very little discussion when one side says, I'm right, and then the other side says, no, I'm right. Conservatives happen to be right more often than any other form out there. Free enterprise works. But one thing that struck me, I'm, I'm tooling through because Homeland Security, you remember Homeland Security was the reaction to the towers coming down. And many libertarians kind of cautioned, you know, when you start going through those lines to check your shoes and stuff, you do realize that none of that necessarily would have been caught by Homeland Security when the towers fell. But now it's an encroachment on your freedom that is forever, forever. It's still there. So you read their, their they, they did a summary, and this was released on the 7th. It's the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin from February the 7th. And, and, and I'm reading through this, and I want you to cogitate on this for a minute. I want you to truly bring forth your brainwaves on this and kind of noodle it while you're driving or working or sitting there in what used to be an office. It's now your home office where you work from home because that's the new post-COVID reality. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors. We're in a heightened threat. Ukraine, could it be? Could it be those Mexican drug lords stomping across the border? Could it be the high crime surge in these leftist cities where they've decided not to enforce the law? Including this new threat, an online environment filled with a false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and mal information. I love the way they put those together. So it's misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. MDM. MDM is what they call it. That's the new acronym. So you have BIPOC that you learned last week, and now you have MDM. And if you don't know what BIPOC is, look it up. You'll be shocked. It's yet another way we can form ourselves into tribes and be opposed to somebody or something. MDM introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. In other words, somebody says something that's just woefully wrong misinformed, then it's amplified by other people who like the fact that it was woefully wrong and spread it out there to confuse. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. Mass casualty, mass casualty attacks and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievance pose an ongoing threat to the nation. So at what point, I ask you, because this is a brand new threat assessment. I love this line that I just read you because I'm thinking, at what point was this not a thing? At what point was a mass casualty attack not a threat? Has there ever been a time where a mass casualty threat, I mean, whether it's the sinking of the Lusitania or, you know, whatever. There's a a thousand different... 
times that we've been under mass casualty threat. Other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders. We've, we've always had those, unfortunately. And small groups acting in furtherance of act ideological beliefs and or personal grievances. That is ne- there's never been a time when this wasn't an issue. I just love the way they're trying to say they're t- what they're doing. They're setting this. And, and again, this is not a conspiracy. It just makes sense. If you, if you just think through this, so why would Homeland Security all of a sudden put out this thing saying, we're concerned about people spreading misdis and malinformation? What's the number one topic over the past year that has probably, excuse me, what is the one thing the past year that has absolutely been problematic for big tech, problematic for everyone else? And, and, and when you look at Joe Rogan, who's being attacked even by the White House right now, the biggest threat is having a debate on issues related to COVID. And I'm not going to spend this show. There's, there's, sadly, COVID is what it is. But having the debate about different aspects of COVID, whether you want to talk to the people who helped to bring about a lot of the mRNA technology that were on Joe Rogan, the, the, the folks went ballistic about because he doesn't believe we, we went far enough with our testing of it before releasing it to the public, the vaccines. Is it is it that we de- debate therapeutics that now have more questions than answers that, that were just thrown out of hand? And remember when in 2020, when people suggested that the virus came out of a, I don't know, a virus institute, the Wuhan lab, and how, oh, that's just spreading misinformation. And now, not so much, because all of those people that wanted to say it was from a bat in a wet market, you know, after hundreds of animals have been killed and tested, and they haven't been able to prove a single instance where it came into that wet market, not one. We still haven't gotten to the bottom of what set this entire global economy back and children's education back years. No accountability for that. So saying those things. So then you have to take it a step further. What is it that Homeland Security is really worried about? That people, it almost sounds like the beginning of being able to shut down things. I mean, they've already got friendlies out there in Facebook and else. And and a lot of the things that Facebook did early on, shutting discussion down, were actually wrong. In other words, Facebook was wrong. The fact checkers were wrong because time has shown it to be not as wrong. Even the discussion about masks should have been allowed because there was a lot of of research to suggest those, those little cloth masks weren't doing you or anyone else any good. You want to use it? That's fine. But the mandating of it didn't go over very well. Democrats are starting to run. I think we're seeing Democrats in other states, maybe someday in this state, they'll run away from and try to act like they weren't the purveyors of this kind of stuff. You think I'm crazy. I'm looking at the president last night on Lester Holt when he accuses him of being a wise guy when Lester Holt asked him about trans, uh, inflation. And the president, again, tries to blame inflation on everything except their policies. Oh, it's due to the supply supply chain things and chips for cars. And, oh, I don't know. And, and, and every, you ever notice on the supply chain, it's never his fault. It's never any of his policies. He just dis, discred, discards it. But on this Homeland Security thing, the proliferation, they, 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 they go on to say that the convergence of the following factors have increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. The proliferation, number one, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives, which sow discord to undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Now, I ask you, do you feel like you should trust the CDC and the World Health Organization? Now, does does that make me a threat to the homeland? The CDC has been less than forthright 
and less than linear in their logic. And, and that has, they have sowed the seeds of their own ability to be trusted. Appreciate all you folks joining us this afternoon. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Callender. Hoping Pete's having a wonderful day. It's an absolutely beautiful one out there. Here at News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Call it numbers 704-570-1110. Also catch us on social medias at WBT Radio. And appreciate Ryan, everything he's doing, and, and we'll, a lot of stuff going on out there. I want to give you kind of a snapshot of something interesting. I, I have, have talked on this show about how different news agencies portray news. And, and if you're looking for bias, you can find it, whether you're conservative or not. If you're looking for it, you can, you can find how both sides kind of filter their news through a lens. Now, you want – even NPR. The, the, the worst is when NPR does it because that's our taxpayer money going to fund an agency that really hates all things conservative. I don't know why, but it, but it shows up. And, and the worst thing is when you don't realize it, at least here, you know, to Pete, Pete and, and, and Winterbull, myself, others – we know we're conservative. We tell we don't hide that bias. We're timely. We're topical. That's what that's what radio is so good at being. It's 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 timely. Things that are going on right now, we can flush out a discussion. We can have it in more depth. You can be a part of it. You've got something on your mind. You're allowed to be a part of what the heck's going on. But these news agencies want to pretend that they're they're not that they're that they're they're not biased. That oh no, we're not biased. Yes, you are. Right now, we got a caller, Ryan. Welcome to the show. How the heck are you? And welcome. And thank you for calling. Hey, Chad. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. So, to your point that you were just making, and there, there's a few other examples that you can make, because, I mean, I, I fancy myself a libertarian, small elf, just like Pete. And um, what's infuriating is not even necessarily the things that they say on the news that are wrong, but the very important things that they leave out. Critical, Good like point. the things that happened at the, the convention. They always leave stuff out of the convention. Like when they kicked Ron Paul out, every single delegate from Rhode Island, just for wanting, you know, how dare we want Ron Paul to speak. I mean, it, the Democrats did something very similar to Bernie Sanders, and that doesn't make the news. So here's another perfect example. You always talk about the supply chain interruption, right, at a time when it's very important that, that people get their goods uh, uh, on the truck. California has outlawed the owner-operator truck. Now, whether you want to blame that on Gavin Newsom, as corrupt as he is, or the state legislature in California, who cares? Who cares whose right. fault it is? The important part is they did it, but you cannot hear, you will not hear that anywhere on the news, nowhere in the AP, you, you won't hear that, you won't hear it on MS, you won't nope. hear it on Fox, nowhere. Because Fox is so keen on blaming Biden, and and no, none of the left side media is going to want to blame it on Newsom or the or the state legislature. It's incredibly infuriating. But let, real last thing to your point that you just made a few minutes ago about the balkanization. There was a vote two days ago about lowering the cost of prescriptions. Now, there aren't a lot of things that I agree with on the, on the left, but this is one of them. You know, they, the cost of medications in the United States is criminal. If, if I run a gas station and there's a hurricane and I kick the prices up for my gas to $10 a gallon, I will go to jail. The cops will show up and throw me in jail. But if I get cancer, a, a medication that costs $150 in Europe costs $3,000 here in the States. People should go to jail for that, Chad. But your small L point, I mean, I, I agree 100%. I, I told you about the medical travel stuff I do. I'm amazed when you have a treatment for MS. 
And that treatment here can be, it's, it's medical, it's pharmaceutical. It can be uh, $120,000, $200,000. You go right across into Cancun or Costa Rica and you get that same treatment, that treatment may be $20,000. Same exact medication, same exact manufacturer. But again, the government's involvement in all of this with it's weird because we, we can't we, we want to blame the, the drug manufacturers. We want to blame. It's easy, but it's a complicated situation. We don't have competition. We do have government interference. We do have Medicaid and Medicare rates that are out there. And this 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 false belief that there's some kind of negotiation on rates, it's really not. But you're absolutely right. It is absurd. The, the cost of insulin, you looked at what happened over the past four years when Trump lowers the cost of insulin. January 1st of this year, or last year, it goes back up, or this year, it goes back up again. Change And it shouldn't. Insulin is life and death. It's It's life and death for diabetics. It's absurd. And yeah. it is criminal. You're, you're absolutely right. Well, thanks for taking my call. I hope you have a good day. Man, I, I appreciate the call. And, and, and I hope that we do get, you know, folks, that, that we, we've got to start. The, I liked what he said about the balkanization because what ends up happening is you turn one group against another without ever having to deal with the actual issue. If I can convince you that that guy's wrong and we go after what that guy says, we're not necessarily focused on why is this so expensive why is how much if you were to go ask a given hospital how much a knee replacement is they can't give you an answer what you end up doing is looking at claims after the fact and, and what's going on there in fact if someone you know gets a knee replacement you should ask them what kind of knee replacement is in their knee what kind of hardware is there i was amazed when i was doing research on this for what i deal with and I was amazed that there, there's actually one that Arnold Palmer's blessed that's laser etched with his name on it because it's a higher end brand that has more flexibility, more durability. You don't think about that when you're, you just think, hey, they're putting a knee replacement in me. You don't think about the quality of the product they're putting in. There was even a, a move at one point for folks that would get it done overseas to tax it when it comes back because the American, instead of having competition here, they want to raise the cost for anyone that comes into the country with stuff. So if you were to go out of country and come back, Kind of like buying jewelry. If you get off a cruise ship, they tax you. What if they just said, well, that product that you have in your knee has value, and we want to tax you on that product that you have in your knee? Maybe they put a $10,000 price on that knee, and you have to get taxed for it coming back into the country. It's absolutely, I think, absurd the way we don't look at healthcare, and, and we end up with a debate whether it's a commodity or not, and, and really – and where it's a right or not, everyone has a right, these kind of things, rather than looking at what's the real cost of these things. Prescription drugs are absurd. Why are they absurd? Well, the, you've got so many different players in the mix that kind of protect these lines of doing things. Look at your look at your TV. Watch TV. And, and I don't care whether it's a, you've got cable or whether you've got you know a satellite or whether you've got you know uh, YouTube TV and stuff like that. Aren't you astounded at the commercials related to drug products that are on there? And basically, half of the commercial, an entire half of the commercial is dedicated to the proposition that that medication is likely going to kill you. <laughs> they list, they show somebody playing on the beach, throwing ball with a dog. And, and for 25 seconds of the commercial, they're saying, oh, you could experience this list of side effects. They have to. While, while everybody's serving food at the family dinner, uh, you know, whatever the drug is. It's kind of alarming. Or it should be. It should be alarming to all of us. But... Nonetheless, we have a we have a system that is broken. We have stellar healthcare, we have stellar doctors and technology, but we have a very piss poor way of understanding how it is billed, what it costs, and nobody really knows what it costs. And that's the problem. See, most people won't know this. 
Only weird people like me. That song, and Ryan can correct me if I'm wrong. I know he's going to laugh. That was from a Listerine commercial. Uh, <laughs> people forget it. Great song. But it's funny. It was a list. I still remember the Listerine bottle swinging through the branches and stuff. If you want to get on the conversation here at Newstalk 1110-993-WBT, uh, 704-570-1110-57. I'm sorry, 704-570-1110. Sitting in for Pete. Pete's, uh, yeah, I guess, got an update. He's in a small Chilean village defending, you know, defending that entire village against this huge army of termites. It's, you know, remarkable that Pete can do all that. That's how he's losing all that weight. He's just, he's out there in the jungle defending folks and standing for freedom in the middle of jungles somewhere. Jungles. Anyway. Not true. Pete's defending the American dream here in America, having a good time getting a new home. Now, I want to get over to CNN. CNN. Yes, we're CNN. The, the, it, it's like a Isn't CNN like a political party now? It's like its own political party. You know, with Don Lemon, it used to, you know, and, 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 and these opinion Cuomo, and they've kind of become a disgraced political party at this point. Jeff Zucker, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a train wreck. But they still pose as a news agency. They still have listeners. They still have watchers of news. And I want to get to there. This is their poll. So it isn't like this is a Fox News poll or this is some, you know, any you can just cast aspersions and call it a right-leaning poll in any way. And polling, the art of polling is undergoing a massive, as Calvin and Hobbes comic would say, a trans transmogration or something. It's just a bizarre world right now. But here's their poll. And I want to go through it because this is CNN's poll, which means the reality is far more damning. Nearly 6 in 10 Americans disapprove of how Joe Biden is handling his presidency, with with most of that group saying that there's literally nothing that Biden has done since taking office that they approve of, according to the CNN poll conducted by SSRS in January and February. Highlights the entrenched politics driving. I love that they have to add a political uh, comment at the end. So the political comment on the end of this lead is uh, highlights the entrenched politics driving the nation at the start of the midterm year. So there's a, it's 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 not his fault. It's that there's this you know entrenched political blame. There's people that just hate him. The president's ratings have fallen across the board. The survey found just forty one percent approved of the way he's handling his job, while fifty eight percent disapproved. I'm going to get into these numbers a little bit because I think they're even funnier. Sadly, sadly funnier. I, I wish this wasn't the case. I, I it is very difficult. I like having a president I can disagree with. I don't having a president I disagree with that I think is very weak. This president on the international stage is extremely weak, which is why our enemies feel emboldened. And, and that's even the cartels, the drug cartels, which are effectively third world countries, feel very emboldened by this president. They, they love this southern border stuff. They are, they are, it's a golden time to be the new version of El Chapo or Pablo Escobar. It's, it's a golden time. This lack of border security, you can bring in all the drugs you want to. But back to this uh, rating. Just 36% of independents and 9% of Republicans approve. Isn't that amazing? But that that this is the part that I want to get into a little bit more. Although his approval rating still stood at 83% among Democrats, that was down 94% late last summer. So I want you to look at those three numbers, independents, Republicans, and Democrats. Because we're, 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 very, we're not necessarily bifurcated. We are, there's three, three rungs on this ladder. And generally, the Republicans need their base, the Democrats need their base, but they need a strong showing of those independents. Huge swath of voters. And this is the problem for not just Joe Biden, for, for many Democrats, though. So the party faithful, only 80, so yeah, 17% of Democrats that don't, don't approve of it. 
and his, his own based on. That's why you're seeing news agencies break. And I'll bet you among those 83% of Democrats, that's just partisan fervor. It's, it's not real belief. The problem for them is that 36% independent and 9% Republican. The 9% Republican, it, it is a real bifurcation there. 91% of Republicans are like, hey, this guy is horrible. 36% of independents approve of that. That's that's the problem. Those independents have moved dramatically away from the president. You've got a 50% gap between Democrats and independents on the president. Now, this poll gets even more interesting when you dig into it more. Biden also continues to have more strong detractors than he does fervent supporters. 41% of Americans disapprove strongly of his performance as president versus 15% who strongly approve. He's upside down by a massive factor on that one. Some of the shift in Biden's numbers come from a change in Americans' partisan tilt. This is also a problem. Republicans and Democrats were about at parity in the new poll with fewer identifying as Democrats than in other recent CNN polls. So not only are his numbers bad, there are few people, fewer people willing to identify as Democrats. This is the hemorrhaging that's taking place. This is the hemorrhaging that's taking place for the Democrats as they want to pretend that everything is just fine. I had a roommate one time. We were, we were in, a, in a soccer match. He got hit, and he goes down. He's got a broken collarbone, and they're putting him in the ambulance, and, and the, the ambulance guys are trying to calm him down and say, everything's fine, everything's just fine. And with his good arm, he grabbed the guy, and he pulled him close, and he's like, everything is not fine. If I were where you are and you were where I am, I would say everything was fine, but it's not fine. And that's the problem. The Democrats aren't acknowledging that they have that they're hemorrhaging votes, they're hemorrhaging influence, they're hemorrhaging the ability to raise money. They have some, they have plenty. We'll talk about the dark money later in the broadcast. But they are hemorrhaging support. And that's that's the really damaging part of this. They're they're and 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 that's fine if they want to continue to go down with the ship, if they want to have a Hindenburg moment in November of this year, more power to them. And, and the newscasters and CNN can melt down like the broadcast in the 30s did when the Hindenburg crashed. This is unbelievable. When those who disapproved of Biden's overall performance were asked, this is this is funny, a funny, tragic, funny kind of wry where you're kind of grimacing more than you're smiling. When those who disapproved of Biden's overall performance were asked to name a single thing he done that they did approve of, 56% had nothing positive to say. One Respondent said, I'm hard-pressed to think of a single thing he's done that benefits the country in any way. Of those who generally approved of Biden, a smaller 26% couldn't find anything negative to say. One respondent said, I totally believe that he has the best interest of the American people in mind. I think he understands the severity and importance of the job. Nope, not going to happen. Wouldn't be a prudent thing. Not at all. <sighs> Isn't that amazing? That's a, it's amazing that we have a president that, that is this bad off and, and, and rejects it. I, want, I definitely want to get in the coming segments, I want to get to how he performed on, on national TV. Uh, kind of funny. You know, it's funny. I was listening to Winterbull's ad just played right before we came back on. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Counter. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. You want to get in on the conversation, 704-570-1110. 570-1110. You know the number. You're welcome to call. We'd love to have you on. Put your ride on. Ryan will screen you. Make sure you're not cracked out. Then you get on the air. Now, 
to that point, on the Winter Bowl thing, you were talking about the, the drug dealer south of the border. Here's what's interesting. We were having this healthcare discussion earlier, and I'm not going to belabor this point, but it is interesting to note that these these cartels of drug dealers that are that are producing an illegal product that they can make in mass by the ton and move it across the border in the fentanyl pills they get from China. You would think we'd be more upset about that, but for some reason we're not. We should be, but we're not. So somehow the, the shipping containers full of fentanyl are getting into Mexico while shipping containers full of goods that we want in the American market are sitting off of LA's coast. But again, I digress. The point being that the, the drug cartels and, and they're still operation. You take Chapo out. You take the, the Cali guys out. You take you know Escobar and all the. the you take them out. There's five more that replace them. It's 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 uh, the war on drugs is actually kind of uh, funnier and funnier by the day, considering we don't even defend the southern border, much less stop drugs. They've kept the price of their drugs affordable. So if you look at this, the, the cartels who are operating in a horrendously violent world and with all of the cost of producing that product, getting it illegally to a customer, the price of drugs remains apparently affordable for those you know, in the Hunter Biden crack pipe way of looking at the world. It remains very affordable. That That's irony to me. You know, we're delivering health care at a premium, at an unbelievable cost, and yet drugs have become more affordable and more diverse. That it's only food for thought. It's not an advocacy. It's an observation. So as, as we as we look at you know people like Governor Whitmer, you know, and you look at the the, the trucks in Truckistan up there in Canada, and you watch that, and you got people like Governor Whitmer saying this is an illegal blockade, and while people have the right to protest, they don't have the right to illegally block the largest land border crossing in North America. Hundreds of millions of dollars a day are being lost, and she's she's. Not talking about the drug cartels not being able to get their products into America. She's talking about truckers coming into the U.S. The issue for Governor Whitmer and the rest of them, you know what? They're protesting you guys. They they do have a right. And if truckers stop moving products, we're going to be – it's going to be bad. It's going to be uh, – but you know what? If they do it enough, those, those mandates end. Now, I want to go a little bit to the CNN, back to what we were talking about in the previous segment. Again, if you want to call, you are welcome to do so. Love to have you. I just want to make sure, as we head in that direction, that we're all good. We are. Now, as I'm looking at the at the end of it, I want to look at the end, and then we get to, into some of the other subjects here. For Americans who disapproved of the president, those who could highlight a positive about Biden lean toward economics. So wait, there's some silver lining in this poll for him, the CNN We Love Biden poll. 15% praised policies such as the stimulus bill or the child tax credit. 15, 85% against those. I love the way they posit that as a, as a positive. 15%. 15%. For those who disapproved of the president, those who could highlight a positive. So you look at people who didn't like him, only 15% could muster a little something. Another 6% said they approved of aspects like his COVID response about free COVID test. Basically, some people said, well, he's not Donald Trump. The new CNN poll conducted January 10th through February 6th. So uh, just interesting to me, the way in which this comes out. Now, if you look at the Fox version of this, so we're going to go to where we know there's kind of a right lean on this. So this is the it's looking at the real clear politics average. It's saying approval of President Biden's performance continues to weaken 
as he looks to the Ukraine border, inflation, COVID-19 pandemic, chaos at the Mexican border. None of those things really got mentioned by the CNN folks. For the first time since taking office, his approval rating fell below 40%. Everything, real clear politics average of all the most recent national surveys measuring Biden's standing put his approval at 39%, approval at 54 and it's, there's nothing that's going to make it get better. I find it interesting. I was look, looking at the Twitter sphere, and some Democrats were suggesting, Democrats that are facing a very difficult political fight this year, suggesting that we get rid of the federal gas tax to help folks out. Now, that's an interesting proposition to me because you're, 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 you're basically willing to forgo that revenue. Here's the problem with that. The Democrats that are in those positions are not willing to look at the free market problems here. When you've got a president that's begging OPEC, OPEC, which was largely irrelevant a year and a half ago, when you're energy independent and OPEC starts to try to raise prices and the Americans can put their product on the market cheaper, it can keep free market keeps OPEC in check. A free market is also good for peacetime stuff. If, if you're in peacetime and you have countries that are willing to work with you, they've got much more money to be made than lives to be lost. So then when you start declaring war on fossil fuels and then your administration turns around and walks over to OPEC and says, please make more, please. You kind of, first of all, you're, you're running down the path of hypocrisy. You're enjoying that, that hypocritical perspective because you've choked the American producer's ability to produce the product. And then you're begging a foreign power. And you know what's so funny? OPEC just kind of collectively shrugged and said, eh, not going to do it. Thank you very little. Have a good day. And, and set the Biden administration scurrying back home while they continue to have war against the ability to produce energy. And that's that just a fascinating. And, 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 and notice how the news media is not really going after Pete Buttigieg on transportation and all of these issues because they're afraid to criticize him for fear of being called homophobic or bigoted. So it kind of gives folks a pass to not criticize a lot of the members of the Biden cabinet because of diversity kind of insulates them against criticism. You know, Kamala Harris, whenever anyone criticizes, it becomes about race and sex. They would never treat someone else like this, Dan Quayle. They would never treat someone with so much disrespect, Dan Quayle. They never would. It just it just it, it's just kind of sad. But the Fox version of this, you know, clearly they're they're not going to hold back. Uh, energy bills going up. New York residents say bills have doubled. Latest wrinkle on inflation. Fox News reached out to the White House, but of course they're not going to respond to that. So as you go to go to the gas pump and you fill your gas pump, it's so funny because Democrats say don't blame the president for these things, but and you shouldn't bra- blaming Roy Cooper for a lot of what's going on. I mean, if you're in Charlotte Mecklenburg, and most of you are, most of the listeners are, you've got to look at your surrounding counties. Going wow, all of these other counties have a more conservative tilt. Why is it that in the more rural parts in Gaston and in Union and Cabarrus and these other places, there's a more of a concern. They're more anti big government. And has it really, I mean, Charlotte has be, is an economic powerhouse relative to North Carolina, North Carolina in particular, but it has a little Atlanta envy. It honestly, it, it wants to be Atlanta light or Atlanta like, but it wants both, but that isn't, <laughs> <laughs> That's not, and they're starting to get the same issues in Atlanta in so doing. And by being more like Atlanta, they get the crime issues. They get some of the other leadership problems that they they just they just have. And it's not it's not. We've got much more to discuss on the other side of the break. And as we do, we want you to be a part of it. Feel free to give us a call here at News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT seven zero four. 
570-1110. If you want to get in for the third and final hour here of the Pete Callender Show, I'm your guest host, Chad Adams. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. 